Alright everybody, so welcome back, and this, that's literal, welcome back, because we were here a week ago recording this, this is like Groundhog Day, my silly self forgot to press record, uh, <laughs> and I got to test one of the virtues with this couple, and it was grace, and they, they, they passed with flying colors, they did not judge me or scold me or anything, they just said, oh, okay, so... I'm going to make the most out of this time and we're going to re-record. I'm going to ask the same questions, but different spirit. And I'm going to switch things up a little bit. So okay. let's get into it. It's really magical. That, that The only really bad part was I think there's a lot of magic in the first one, but I think we can have new magic because magic is infinite according to Harry Potter, <laughs> right? So <laughs> tell me uh, your names and where you were born. How about that? Okay, my name is Yasuhiro David Hirano, go by David. I was born in Japan, grew up in Brazil, uh, and slash Las Vegas, and now I'm in Buenos Aires. You sound a little bit like a trained assassin, the life of a trained assassin. These are all assassin places where assassins go. Just saying, just saying I'm onto you. Let's <laughs> say. Uh, is it name and where you're born um, okay. or where you're from? <laughs> um, hello, my name is Araceli and I am from Argentina, born and raised, though half Brazilian, half Argentinian. <laughs> mm. Wait, so is that a coincidence that you both have Brazil connected somehow? Coincidence. Right? Coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. Okay. Or, or casual. <laughs> Puzzle, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Something in that crazy Jardim air. So how did you guys meet? Um, because uh, when you met, you were living in different countries, right? Yeah. So give me the scoop. So, so we met through our matching advisors. Um, my matching advisor is the wife to <laughs> David's matching advisor. So it was connected from the very beginning yeah yeah and they recommended to meet yeah for us to meet mm -hmm. so david's yeah. matching advisor was a guy and he was married to your matching advisor who's a woman <laughs> this yeah. day and age you have to clarify this stuff and then uh <laughs> they just were kind of hanging out one day drinking coffee and they were like oh my god and they kind of pieced it all together how did that work like because they might not have known about it you guys kind of respectively but somehow this inspiration happened did they ever tell you the story of like how they they saw that possibility pop into their perspective yeah i guess it was from both sides but uh i guess from my perspective i was uh I already had this relationship with my matching advisor before I, when I met him in a workshop. Um, he wasn't my matching advisor yet, but developed a relationship. And then once he found out that I was uh, in the ready to begin a process, then the um, idea came to mind of, mm -hmm. of by him knowing my personality and who I was, then. Um, and then, and then that kind of started my like 
process. And then... And then, the new... <laughs> and then well, first adding that I knew yeah, his matching advisor from before. Mm -hmm. He's met my family since I was like a little girl, so he knew me uh, mm -hmm. from way before. And, and yeah, similar to him, oh, I also knew his wife. And so once I got, once I decided that I was ready to start a matching process, I wanted her to be my matching advisor. And so they knew of us, right? Yeah, For before yeah, yeah. we started our matching journey, let's say. And actually what, what I've, what they told me, it's like, they thought that we had very complementary personalities mm. that, that we could mm. uh, like we could be great for each other and he said you know he's much an advisor <laughs> uh, said that he had a uh, an experience by the where the idea came with for us to get um, to know each other yes that's a spiritual experience oh that's, really that's what the, that's how they described it a spiritual <laughs> experience when they they the idea popped in their mind and then that's how it was it was very interesting to start a conversation i hope it wasn't a burning bush I, that, that's been played out <laughs> everybody's got their own burning bush these days so yeah. <laughs> one thing that's really cool uh that i really love because we are i was just in the philippines giving them a talk and uh i really love to talk about the matching the blessing because it's a process in the works we have not perfected this process yet but it's getting a lot better than it was and it has mm -hmm. To me, like my money's on this process more than any other process of finding an eternal mate than any other way that exists presently. And one of the things that I love is the idea that I know your matching advisors, uh, Araceli, mm -hmm. and I, both of you, I guess, because they're a couple. And yeah. I know that the fact that he knew you since you were a girl, and I know his heart, is that he's thinking of you as a daughter. So he's like a gatekeeper. So he's not gonna suggest you casually. He's yeah. gonna really check out mm -hmm. this guy and see, are you worthy of this girl? And like, that's such a, that's such a, to have a gatekeeper, somebody who really trusts you and knows you and has the best intentions for you, that they're checking out somebody else on your behalf to really get to know their character and their qualities is like, something that you can't do on your own because you're too emotionally involved in the process to really get mm -hmm. to know the person. But somebody from an outsider's perspective is seeing it with a much more critical lens, especially from a parent's perspective. And I, I really love that because they're kind of seeing it with sober eyes, very lucid, you know, yeah. whereas, you know, <laughs> you're seeing it from like, oh my God, I'm going to have to sleep with this person. And like, do they smell, <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's all this stuff that you're trying to factor in all this data points that you have to factor yeah. in that it's too, too much. So to have some assistance is just so beautiful. And so did you guys really feel supported in that process of getting to know each other and like trusting the advice of your matching advisors? Yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I can say from, for myself, I had a lot of trust issues with, uh, hmm. with suggestions. And then once there was this weight, and there's very intentionality on recommendations, then I took that seriously. And it was, it was, it had a lot more weight. It's like not throwing out recommendations to see what sticks, but explaining why this recommendation is a good recommendation and why it's a good idea to, to, uh, 
have a conversation with this person. It's just a different Can perspective. Uh, of yeah. Well, and that, that perspective is what I wanted to dig into a little bit because uh, you guys both have parents that are in the movement and some mm -hmm. uh, everybody finds their way to the matching and from kind of like slightly different avenues. And um, you also have had a matching advisor. So why did you choose to go that route of having somebody in addition to your parents to be the person that kind of brings you guys together? And how did you, like David, you were saying trust issues. How did you grow to trust some dude, you know, who's not your dad, but he has, he's giving you some suggestions that will have major impacts in your life. Like this is <laughs> the person you got to spend the rest of your life with. Like, how was it that you were able to adopt a trust akin to trusting your parents with some, some guy? Hmm. I think it was a combination of, of everything in the my personal growth at that moment to where I wanted an outsider's point of view because um, I was there's also a lot of self-doubt maybe like being too much in a bubble and um, I wanted that outsider's point of view and once we had a much more deeper conversation going deeper and all like personal insecurities and a lot of the high noon uh, problems that uh, many guys go through and um yeah there was a there was just some more clarity and a more a clear direction on what i can improve myself what i what i need to do and and then it's like a clarity roadmap so then i was able to to develop that trust because it was it was um yeah it just it was it was what i needed at the time hmm. got it Arisella? In, yeah, in my case, I knew um, I knew more actually his matching advisor <laughs> than my matching advisor, but but we had this trust relationship with them, right? Kind of like second parents, even um, or mentors as well, right? And my parents have a really good relationship with them, and they trust them, right? As elder brothers for them. And in the case of me deciding to to um, have a matching advisor, um, it was a bit pragmatical in the sense that my mom didn't have maybe that many um, contacts. <laughs> it's more uh, limited to Brazil and some other uh, families that she knew, right? And she said to me, like she said to me, she can maybe have more, you know. Yeah, opportunities to meet more people and she's also very prepared for it like yeah she's a therapist and everything so she's gonna be very um helpful in that process but also for me like me my mom wasn't my mom was always a part of the process as well my parents even though i had a matching advisor my parents were there as well and maybe on the day-to-day -day things i was you know, going to my parents but then uh for the process, the steps of the matching process in itself, I was going for to her, but also in terms of uh, certain certain things that maybe my parents weren't able to answer me certain situations. Uh, she could, right, and they could even, and it was even better because they knew David, right. So they were able to give me their perspective based on them knowing who this person was, and and 
they were giving me a different point of view on David that I couldn't see for myself because I I didn't knew him completely, right? And um, connecting it to the previous question, the fact that David knew these people, right, this couple, the fact that he had developed this relationship with them for me actually was a good evidence of the fact that you know he was a good person and worth uh, communicating with at least <laughs> did you hear that david you were worth communicating with good for you uh so <laughs> then what were your after after you guys met each other what were your thoughts and your initial kind of like um like that that the feelings of i don't know first did you was it online or was it awkward was it was it natural how did how was that It was online and it was okay. a bit awkward because <laughs> the first time that we met, it was with, together with our parents and our matching advisors. So it was six adults and us <laughs> and um, we were there just for our parents to see who you know each other were and also to translate because there's also the language barrier. And basically they were introducing themselves, our families and getting to know just a little basic things together, mm. the whole, you know, package of people. <laughs> um, so we didn't really get to talk that much that first conversation. Uh, but then after that, we we did, you know, call each other like without our parents <laughs> present. And um, it was more comfortable for sure. And the awkwardness of having your parents there wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, And it was pretty normal. I think it flew very, the, the flow of the conversation was very natural at the beginning. Uh, it felt comfortable. Um, yeah, for me at least. <laughs> I, maybe it's just also, my concept as a guy, but it, I, I feel like guys would be under more scrutiny from the f families of the female than vice versa. I don't know, maybe that's not true, but Who do you think was more nervous about screwing this up when you guys were leading into this conversation? Mm. I don't know. That's a good question. I was nervous, for sure. <laughs> were you super nervous, I was David? Also, I, was, I was more curious than nervous because, because of uh, the intensity of the recommendation and I was very <laughs> curious and um, yeah no because yeah I mean I would say I'll say yes let's just yeah straightforward answer yes I was I was also nervous and uh, very curious I well can we just say the name of your matching advisors I don't know why we're being so mysterious uh, yes. I, I, I'm sure they won't mind oh. the low end <laughs> John and Sandra <laughs> Yeah. The Lowen's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel the need to mention that. that. I remember mentioning. When you're talking about the intensity of the suggestion, I laughed because <laughs> John is a very intense dude and I can imagine how intense that, because he's very protective, I'm sure, of Araceli as well. So I could see him being like, you know, yeah. do not screw this up kind of vibe. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that. So then you were about to say something, uh, David, about the, the situation, about the scenario. Um, I forget, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll 
I'll remember <laughs> later. Okay. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I was just rewatching this old movie. It's called Good Morning Vietnam. And the guy asks a girl out. He, he's living in Vietnam. I had to watch it because I'm living in Vietnam. And it's just, that's how I learn history is by watching fictitious movies about countries. <laughs> just kidding. But um, he asks a girl out. And then when he goes to meet her, her entire village comes and walks with them the entire time. And to me, okay. it's the most beautiful pure thing it was kind of supposed to be funny but in essence like that's the difference like that's the high noon way is that you're doing all this stuff out in the open together you don't create any privacy or any secrecy uh let's use the word privacy until after the blessing you know that's that's when you become really just like the third realm of heart husband and wife is the only kind of exclusive private relationship that you're meant to have. Everything else is really supposed to be open. Um, and I, I just really like the fact that you guys had your first call all together with parents. It sounds so, in a sense, I could see people uh, making fun of it and, and mocking it because it's kind of like, oh, like, what are you, babies, right? Um, but in that's just the broken version of like the fact that we're meant to do this alone is asinine. It's it's bananas that we're, we're like that. A, a young person could have the capacity to handle love by themselves. It's you're taking the weight of the world on your shoulders. It's stupid. So I really respect you guys for doing that because it is uh, as young adults, you want to take the mantle of responsibility and say, I can do this on my own. There's like this desire to want to prove yourself. But at the same time, is you want to do this right. So why not do it together with people who are doing it right? You know, your parents. So uh, kudos mm -hmm. to you for doing that. It's a great way of unpacking. Um, and then... That's what I... Then, oh, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. No, that's what I wanted. I remember what I wanted to add was uh, when our first call as a family, it was very important for me um, to kind of satisfy this, this sense of two families joining together and uh, I wanted to to see also her but also her parents to to have like a broader view of the full picture um, you know yeah just that was just something like that I wanted in a in the communication process more like the yeah. official like you know um, structured um, meeting like I wouldn't want mm -hmm. to go one-on-one -on -one first and that's how you first meet or something like that was kind of like there was there was that aspect to it too and i really appreciated that yeah this is all noteworthy and that's that's really why i wanted to do this podcast with you guys because you're a real high noon couple and that seems to be the way high noon a lot of people think is just about sex or pornography or these kind of things but it's a way of life right it's living really living out in the open sunlight the sunlight of god of trust of you know these virtues and that is the best way to create a foundation of of like a relationship and just to be on your own imagine the difference like when you're on your own you're just left to your own devices and there's you know like a lot of defensiveness trying to prove yourself and it's like this weird game that's what dating is is, is like showing your best best face rather than your most honest sincere face and yeah. you're a different person when you're in front of your parents you are you just are you can't help it because no matter how big like david i i know you to be a hulking person you're a big human right <laughs> in terms of your mass uh and 
but you're always gonna be your parents' little boy, no matter how big you get, right? And that that's humbling and it's important, right? Because also, um, Araceli is not just Araceli; she's the daughter of two people who raised her, and to respect that is something that's completely lacking in our culture. So, um, so then, how did you? Like you started meeting and you started talking, and I wanted to kind of get into the uh, high noon aspect. Like how um, there are cultures still to this day who say don't talk about your mistakes with each other. Just you know, I don't know, talk about the weather yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> supposed to talk about. Um, yeah. But you know, definitely in America, and this is catching on in other places like Philippines. They're learning to adopt this. Europe, they're doing it as well. Which is like talk, getting real and being like, putting all your cards on the table and being like, "Here's my good stuff. Here's my bad stuff." So, at what point in the process did you start getting real with each other? Mm. Let's say after first couple of weeks after. Yeah. After maybe the second week, we started asking okay. questions from the matching book. Was that? Yeah. yeah. We kind of we kind we of went through the matching book. Yeah, okay. we started very early on. I would say the the Kickstarter, let's say, was the the matching handbook uh, questions that are okay. uh, very very wide, very open, and very revealing as well, right? Yeah. And from then we, I think they were more like broad, and then from then on we started going like more specific in details about um, our lives, about uh, you know who we wear and mistakes and and virtues and everything um vision and and all of that we started sharing about who we were um yeah and we kind of had that conversation about past mistakes a lot of times not not just once and then never again right it was uh, yes. a lot of times because as we are you know getting to know each other you maybe say something that in, you know uh, is maybe refers to it, but not all the way explicitly, right? And so we talked about many things at a, maybe at a surface level from the first the first time, and then the second time we went deeper, you know, deeper in terms of details and, and honesty and, and vulnerability with each other um, mm. as we kept on uh, talking and, and getting to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then how did it come up? Like talking me... about... Okay. Yeah. Sorry. There's a bit of a. Lag. Oh, sorry. There's like a, yeah, a little delay. Um, I guess for me it was um, because it was my first communication process. I, a lot of things were coming up, for, for as far as being more um, intentional, and um, I was I was taking it lightly in the, in the beginning, like oh, I need to. Have a conversation. Let's 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 talk. Like you never know what you what you don't know, and um, so then that's kind of how I got into it. And then it started to uncover so many different insecurities that I have, things that I thought I was uh, in control of, but it was actually just I'm just I was living in a reaction mode to things, mm -hmm. and um, started to uncover a lot of insecurities in me and preconceptions, um, um, expectations, and. And um, so then she was the one that kind of showed a lot of grace and patience by even by not being a patient, like 
person. <laughs> she, would, she would say she's very not, she's not patient at all. But in this aspect, when it's when it counts, she is extremely patient and uh, and um, yeah, I received a lot of um, grace and, and, and love early on in the and also later on in the in the in the whole journey of the communication process up to the matching and also at, after. She's still, yeah. So I wanted to highlight that one of the aspects, and then. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that what you're saying, Andrew, about showing your cards, right? I I believe in that. <laughs> I, that we should know what we are getting ourselves into when you know the question comes up about you know are you going to commit yourself to share your life with this person, right? And that question. It's like it's at the beginning of even you know even though it's the first call that's the thing that you're thinking about mm -hmm. all of the time mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. is this the person I'm gonna you know get blessed to is this is it is it not is this correct or not it's like all the time that's the the main thing that you're thinking about am I going to get blessed with this person and to know that to to really answer that question you need to really know who this person is and not you know be delusional about your idea right and we were talking about the dating world today it's you show the best version of yourself and then that facade doesn't you know it's not sustainable for a long time just to only be the best version or the good face of yourself without making any mistakes right so um i've been in with with high note for a long time so i wasn't i didn't have any fears about talking about this <laughs> and about bringing the topic up about you know sexual unwanted sexual habits about traumas fears and insecurities as, as david was saying and so yeah once once the as the conversation was flowing i was interested in knowing these kinds of things because i wanted to know whether i could get um, blessed to this person whether i could see myself sharing my life with, with him Hmm. Adding to that, one of the extreme things that I was grateful for as a guy, I didn't know how to bring that up as far as like I have a pornography masturbation habit that I'm trying to get rid of. How do I bring that up in the matching process, communication process? When do you bring that up? And yeah. is that going to be like a, a deal breaker? And then you're like invest in this person and you're worried about being a deal breaker and you're ending the communication process there and then the, all that dynamic that and then that was where i was ex extremely grateful that you were like uh what about this what, let, let, let's talk about the uh, like sexual integrity or, or or something like that and then that kind of just took a whole weight off my shoulder to to begin talking about that and yeah. and that was something huge that i think coming from sister's perspective was just that's just like revolutionary to i mean i wouldn't know how i would bring it up and i would feel like a failure and you know so then so you lucked out i mean that's that's yeah really important for people to know is like uh that sometimes there's a desire to want to reveal yourself to the other person but you don't know how you don't want to hurt them you don't want to lose them and so for sisters out there to understand your own comfort level is really important. 
Um, this, is, this is kind of advice because it, not everybody has the foundation that Araceli had, right? You, you've been in our world for a while. You've been kind of dealing with your own stuff and working on your own stuff. So you have more of a foundation to hear about his stuff. Um, so yeah. it's good to know your limits, but it's, it's so important. Like talking about stuff is to me non-optional. It's a cultural mm -hmm. thing and it's not a heavenly cultural thing. It's if, if, if you were to sell a car and you know that this car has transmission issues and you sell it and now that car is a liability to the person who just bought it, that is lying by omission and that is a crime mm -hmm. and it yeah. can hurt that person. And there are people that sneak in certain aspects of themselves to the blessing and that is cruel because they cannot make an informed decision without all the information. Mm -hmm. So there yeah. you're, you're making them ignorant by not telling them about yourself. But like you guys said, you guys talked about it very early on in the process and that's not necessarily common. I think that's just kudos to you, Araceli, for your foundation that you built and he, and David was inheriting your foundation. Um, yeah. but you know, it does need to come out that again, that's why we're refining this process of the matching and, and the blessing is that there there's many months to kind of get to it. But this is not the homework that you're like, yeah, I'll do it later. Like my whole high school career is like Friday night and as I have a bunch of homework and I'm like, I'll do it Saturday. Saturday's like, I'm not going to do homework on a Saturday. I'll do it Sunday. And then Sunday night I was like, but I'm so tired from the weekend. And then I show up to school, didn't do my homework, get in trouble. You don't want to do that with the blessing. Okay. It's like, oh, I'll talk about it later. And then you don't know this is, this is, uh, it's criminal to yourself, to your future and to the other person that you're in the process with. It's criminal in my perspective. Yeah. I know that's really kind of harsh, but it's something that I think has to change. And the fact that you guys are doing it and talking about it, I think is really, really helpful. So thank you for that. And, but I wanted to ask David, was it kind of intimidating because it sounded like Araceli was coming in hot, like asking some tough questions early on and you're like still kind of get, pivoting and getting, getting your footing. And then she's coming in with all like, da, 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 da. And, and how were you <laughs> taken aback by this? Like, were you able, were you alarmed by the fact that she was so open so early? No, I was, uh, on the contrary, I was just like, like mind blown in a way and just, mm -hmm. just so like fascinated and, and that even attracted me more to her. Like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, like, yeah, tell me more, like, like. Like my mind I wish everybody going, like, could oh see Araceli's face right now. I want everybody to see how <laughs> proud Araceli is by how much you're attracted to her. That's amazing. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, no, it was, it was, it was very intel intellectually like, um, stimulating like the conversations and, and, um, yeah, I, I, I forget, but, um, that, that was one of the incredible things that you're able to do in the beginning of the process. Well, can I ask, because w this is an issue that a, a lot of people run into in the, in the matching and the blessing with, with high noon, especially with pornography is that, okay, they identify, right? Araceli starts asking you questions about your history and you identify, Hey, I'm, I've got this issue. I'm watching porn, I'm masturbating. I'm, I'd like to not, right? So that's clear. But then it's not just, okay, well then, 
that's the end of the conversation and you resolve all of your issues and then you know you, you hold hands and you skip forward towards the future um, there's still the whole process of you getting rid of your compulsion your addiction your habit whatever and then there's still the fact that you know she's she, I'm sure kind of waiting to see is he is he gonna pass the test because this is a, one of the first big tests that a couple might go through is um, the white the woman having patience or not for the guy who's able who's working on himself and is able to break free from his habit or not right so how did that pan out what was that process for you of okay you introduce the fact that you have this thing in your life that you don't want and this becomes a reality in your relationship and then how do you guys sort through that on on route to the blessing You want to say your perspective first? Okay. Um, yeah, first of all, having having been a facilitator and having worked in my own, you know, unwanted sexual habits before, I that that really allowed me to change my perspective on having these unsexual, you know, unwanted sexual habits, uh, like porn or masturbation. Because before, I I it was very hard my judgment. I, I, on that um and that whole thing it was like oh that's a very big mistake and you're a terrible person right <laughs> before realizing with myself that i wasn't even that right that, that i was that terrible person myself right so then once i was able to once i went through that process of recuperation and and, and forgiving myself i i was able to see that just like for what it is which is a mistake and it's something that can get you know we can get uh, rid of that, we can overcome that, and we can work in our sexual integrity. So when he told me his own uh, his own situation, I was not okay with it because that was a deal breaker for me. But I knew that there was a process that we could go through, that he could go through, <laughs> in order to um, go to the blessing. Uh, by having worked through that already or working on it, and for me. What was very important was to know that he was working on it and that that was as big of a deal breaker for him as it was for me uh, and that he had that determination to change his life and improve it right and through our conversations throughout many situations that we went through i was able to see uh, that it wasn't just words you know it wasn't just oh yes i don't want this and and then I never do anything else about it or we never revisit the conversation it was something that was there that we knew that we needed that we needed to revisit you know, from time to time and that um the fact that we share that vision on in relation to uh sexual integrity helped you know ease my mind in terms of okay we can we can talk about this and work through this and with this um and yeah that was my perspective from having this conversation with her um, what blew my mind was her intense clarity um, having pre having you know, the, the knowledge that she has and the and the and the, and the, uh, the information that she had um, from from my, my perspective I was living in a in a space, a mental space of of, of just cloudment of judgment and not non clarity at all. 
um, oblivious to my actions or just so then once I had this in conversation with her and saw that she had this incredible clarity on this topic and explicitly saying that is a red flag and decide basically asking me for to decide do you want to continue or not are you going to drop this habit or not like i don't care if you don't but it just we, we just can't continue from here so it's very clear and that was just that was very uh that was incredible to to and brave of her i just and um to to just bring that out and um i think that was one of the amazing things from our process is is and also something that impacted me a lot was just her sense of clarity and it gave me the possibility to believe that I could have that clarity as well and live an intentional life as a couple and she was or she was she was also she's she wants an intentional life as a couple as well so then she uh, she gave me that that light at the end of the tunnel saying that there is a way and um, yeah that's <laughs> That's kind of, my perspective on it. Look, my clarity pulled pulled something out of you that you didn't know you had in you. And this is honestly, I think we talked about it during the original podcast that I forgot to record. But the idea that <laughs> one thing that I don't, uh, I don't know, don't like, but that seems incomplete about the matching process is that a lot of times. Um, people don't have to rise up and kind of earn each other in a sense. You just kind of receive each other in some, some, some matchings are like that and you don't have to fight for each other. And I do believe that that's very important and it doesn't necessarily need to be in the arena of sexual integrity, but that's the most common one that it plays out in is somebody has an addiction and then the other person says, well, if you want a queen, you got to rise up to the status of a king kind of thing. Right. And like in my own matching process, it wasn't about sexual integrity. It was about we were the f kind of guinea pigs for the new matching process. That's how old I am. Okay. And uh, we were getting conflicting advice from all over the place. And at a certain point, I just had to say, look, this is my matching and I'm taking responsibility for it. And I had to stand up and like really just be like, this is us. And, and everybody that was giving me this conflicting advice just heard me. They heard where I was coming from. It wasn't from like an egotistical perspective. It was like, okay, now I'm inheriting the responsibility for this process. And it, it made them all actually uh, a lot more satisfied. But the same with like each other and with your parents is like, you're going from your parents still have you in their hands until at some point they have to let you go and say, okay, now you are your own couple. But you have to rise to the occasion. And so it sounds like, Araceli, your clarity um, was the invitation for David to step up, but your grace also, I think that we mentioned that last time too, is like, um, if it's really judgmental, like you better change yourself. Otherwise, yeah, you know, it just makes the guys so, uh, fearful and causes a lot of emotional reactions, which can create this negative cascade, you know, of them going back to porn. It makes it even worse, but you were clear but filled with grace, but clear, but filled with grace. And that combination <laughs> allowed David to feel like he was being welcomed to rise up rather than being forced or, I don't know, pressured into changing. Instead, it was rising up to the challenge.
very different energies. You know what I mean? It's not out of guilt or something weird or negative. It's like he wants you, and but he's gonna have to deserve you in a sense, right? So that's really really cool. Um, so then, what what were the some like like the good and the bad aspects about going through a process where honesty is so prevalent? Because I'm sure your ego must have taken some lumps, right? Because it's not just all pleasantries like uh, some people experience, but you guys were honest with each other. So I don't want to paint this rosy picture that if you're just honest, then it just feels nice. Because sometimes I'm sure you felt quite awkward or maybe even a little bit painful. So what was that like? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As you're saying, it's definitely awkward. I mean, it can be awkward, um, especially, especially when you have expectations of the matching process being this, you know, um, lovey kind of like romantic thing where you find your soulmate, right? And and then while you're going through it and you're being honest about everything, it feels unnatural it feels like oh there's always something to talk about <laughs> there's always and 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 you're maybe you might be like oh when does the the romantic aspect comes <laughs> right uh that was that was uh something that i actually uh, asked my imagine uh, advisor sandra and and yeah we, we come with a lot of expectations and so then being honest about everything and going through this process this you know the way that we were doing it so open and, and so uh, vulnerable it was awkward felt very um kind of like robotic in a way like trying to check like oh how we talked about this or have you tell me this are we considering that it it, it, it was more of an intellectual thing um but it was it was important to have that very clear and in, in place because we were really both we were both very intentional about wanting to have the, the to find the person that shared the vision right and so we knew that if we really focus on only you know I don't know flirting with each other and stuff like that then the important conversations um, are lost in a way you, you forget about them because you are lost in the in the feeling and the, the romantic aspect of it so it was awkward in that sense and, and then it was also painful sometimes, not all of the time for sure, but there, it was definitely such, uh, some occasions that um, asking so you know, direct and, and maybe confrontational questions that you, know, you are expecting honest answers to, then you're gonna get those answers and sometimes you're not gonna like them, right? And sometimes you might even feel hurt, but uh, yeah, but then, um, you know, thinking that this is not something that we're doing against each other or, you know, it's not a game that I'm winning or, or he's winning, but we are trying to figure out who we are and if we are compatible for each other's visions and, and sharing our lives together. So having that in mind was helpful because sometimes it was hurtful, uh, but then it was also amazing to see, you know, gradually understanding who this person is and knowing that okay, I see that this person actually believes in very similar things uh, in, and and shares a very similar vision to mine and we can definitely be a team together and, and be a couple. So in that sense, it was amazing because I wasn't worried about finding something out after the blessing, 
because I knew what I was getting myself into. In my perspective, um, I did, I, I am somewhat proud of my, um, in, like conscious as a good side of the conscience that I knew it was, it was, um, I didn't want to fall in love, let's say, in having that love fog my judgment, um, just my knowing myself. And um, the process started in a very uh, spiritual, intellectual level, where, where in hindsight, I was looking like that, that's the perfect combination to, to start a very intentional, let's say, um, job interview or something like, <laughs> uh, put it into simple terms like that. We need to know everything, um, red flags. It's very robotic, like she said, it was very like, dry it sometimes and was like are we ever going to fall in love and or are we ever going to have a real, uh, romantic aspect that was a that was a serious question at the time like like yeah. oh i maybe this process isn't meant to be i'm not feeling the the spark of attraction or love or or that physical like libido type of uh, attraction or something so i'm like oh is something wrong because that's what i've always i'm always hearing that with uh these you know, movies and, and stories. And so, so then there's a lot of self doubt and, uh, and in the, during the process as well. So I really liked how, um, looking back, we actually did it a pretty smart way, starting from like an intellectual and spiritual level, seeing if those are compatible first. And then we added a, a different levels to our, um, uh, process. And then, um, the attraction comes, at the end, basically, where we know we can be vulnerable and honest with each other like, to the fullness, fully, you know, uh, intimate and everything. Can you please unpack that? So I think this is so essential is that there's even young couples now. I'm getting, you know, reports of second gen couples who are breaking the blessing because they feel like we're falling out of love. This whole idea is so entrenched in our perspective of good and bad, right or wrong. Um, and, and it's largely based on feelings, right? But what you're talking about is you strategically avoided feelings in the early stages of your relationship. So, and then you were also worried about it, which I think is a genuine concern. It's like, am I going to be able to ever experience exciting lovey-dovey feelings with this person? So how do you, how do you do that? How do you like have the discipline to not just be stuck in feelings, but how then do you also transition to feelings? Like at what point do you guys feel lovey-dovey feelings yet? At what point did those come if they came at all? Or are you working on it still? Please unpack that. <laughs> well, to answer the last question, yes, we, we have, um, I would say, after the commitment ceremony, I think that's where it started. Just like a little bit before. Before, a little bit before. <laughs> yeah. A little bit before. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. That was before I, 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 I traveled. Yeah. That, that's where it started. And we're like, oh, it is possible. And and then we're like, I felt like, like well, what so relieved. Tell me. And then, uh, we uh, got into a very um, bad argument. 
and um, and and then as uh, we were explaining each other or the motives, I, w I wanted to explain that my motives weren't ill intent, but but she just wanted to know if I could uh, um, if I forget, but um. But after that, after we resolved the conflict in a way, and I could see that she cared for me, and and that I cared for her, and uh, she had written a lot of her thoughts and feelings into uh, into poems and writings, and she she does that. Um, she 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 has the the habit of of doing that, and I found that very beautiful because. She wasn't able to tell me those things in person for various different reasons. But once she sent me how she felt, it's just like uh, on, on, a, on a poem or, or, or written text, it just tore down all my walls. And like, like I feel like this, this love that's like more than friendship love. It's like a super intentional, Let's be a couple. Let's 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 go through life together, type of love, and uh, and that kind of like kind of like the ignition, the the first spark of of um, this idea of being a couple, being a team forever. So I think that's that's where it started. And <laughs> yeah, um, yes. From my perspective, but it's going back a little before before that experience um, I had seen a lot of matching processes from other friends of mine you know, and other sisters and brothers and I had seen <laughs> that experience where they were you know they were they had fallen in love during their matching process and they were all lovey-dovey and they by the next year after the blessing they were having problems and some of them didn't make it and so I had seen that and I thought, okay, with a long distance type of matching process, the physical attraction aspect won't even be a thing because, you know, there's no way <laughs> it can happen really. Um, so that was one thing that was helpful in that sense because we were not focused on that. But, uh, but we both had that same worry about, you know, is are the feelings going to come? And in my experience, I, I read a lot. <laughs> I read a lot of romantic novels I read. Um, and I knew in a way that I had the experience of, let's say, falling in love with the characters that I was reading about, right? That to care about them, even though they were, you know, non-existent <laughs> in, in my imagination. So I, I had that um, certain, yeah, certainty that I could love anyone, right? Once I got to knew them, um, and once I got to know, uh, got to know, know David. Uh, more deeply uh, on a more deeper level and more vulnerable level um, that was uh, that those feelings started to show up but uh, adding to the experience that um, David was sharing I I wanted to be able to love David right not only in the romantic aspect but to really be able to show my love and 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 give myself to David right and this was before, right before we started, right before we decided that we were going to um, commit to each other, right, and, and, and receive the blessing. And we had this experience where we, we had this argument. Um, and 
and I was feeling hurt and I was feeling uh, I was having some fears and, and I was feeling that I there was some part of David that I couldn't see that he wasn't showing and I was insisting that he he talked about it but he couldn't uh, for some reason so then I realized that I wasn't doing that either that I wasn't showing this aspect of vulnerability that I was feeling hurt because couldn't really love him all the way because there was some type of lock blockage there so I, I I could sense that wall right and so I wrote to him uh, actually I was writing for myself but then I shared that with him about how I was feeling there was some pain there was some feeling of, of, of uncertainty and 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 yeah just yeah you, you don't know for sure until you know, right? So then I shared all these feelings, all of these thoughts and you know, really exposing myself um, to him. And I wasn't really expecting anything with it, but I just thought that, you know, if I'm expecting for him to show me who he is, I need to do that myself first as well. And so I, I did that. And then that's when he saw who I was like completely, not only on the spiritual and intellectual level, but also on the emotional level as well, uh, and, and of my heart, right? And so I think that's like the first step that, that opened the, the door to emotions uh, for us. And right, not long after that, weeks after that, we decided that we would wanna uh, commit and, and, you know, get receive the blessing. Uh, but that was that was just the first step. It it wasn't that we fell in love right then and there, right? It, it, it took a time. It was gradual, right? And and we all eat and we had more experiences like that where we may have have some conflicts that we needed to solve together, and that's what opened the door for more deeper, you know, emotional connection. Yeah. Well, David used the word so that spark. Was that was a good word. Yeah. yeah. One quick side note, adding to what she said was, um, she brought up the idea and I agreed to decide on one day to decide that if we're going to commit to this or not, which would have never come from me. So I was really grateful that she, she insisted on that. And then we, we were just like, okay, what's a reasonable date that we would know that if we want to continue this process or not, so then we can just stop this process and then get in a community patient process with somebody else. And um, that was just, and that was that was um, um, incredible that she, was, she she brought that up because, yeah, I realized that I'm more of a reactive person uh, or have reactional habits, so I would that was not going to come from me. And also bringing up. The being open to future or deeper feelings, I didn't have the, the skills for that. As far as you are working on yourself a lot more to have the ability and that skill at, in that point in your life to be able to to open that, that door. And then I'm like the scared little kid, like oh, like oh okay, oh really, is this is possible? And then, and then I was able to see. And then um, so yeah, the, people are, are in different levels and. And for me at the time, I was I was uh, I was very scared and very reactive. So then, um, just, just in hindsight, just want to add that. And by setting that date, and then we deciding, she said either yes or no. Maybe equals no. 
Like I was just saying, maybe this, maybe that, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then it's like, okay, if you say maybe, it's no. And then let's let's say bye and and let's like just be clear. So that was monumental. That's fantastic. Yeah, maybe means later, and later means I don't have the capacity to make decisions. So it means no. That's great. Wow, Araceli. Uh, very clear. <laughs> A lot of clarity coming from you. So. We are kind of at the end of this, but I wanted to know what was, if you can think of a single piece of advice, the single best bit of advice that you remember getting, um, and the single worst bit of advice that you remember getting about the matching process, um, stuff that uh, had you followed it, it would have been destructive, or it was destructive because you followed it. Because there's a lot of advice out there, right? And like I said, this is a work in progress, so it doesn't necessarily have to be universally bad. So you don't have to worry about offending anybody. It could just be didn't apply to you. But um, yeah, give me the scoop, the good and the bad. I can start uh, with uh, one thing that stuck to me that um, John Lowen said was uh, was feelings just want to be understood they don't they don't need to they don't answer to anybody like nobody has the right to say your feelings are, are good or bad like you don't have to act on your feelings but they just it's just important for them for myself that they're understood so then it can be talked through instead of just like oh that's bad like die or something like that so to the extreme to that point um, like spiritual or intellectual. So then that was, that was incredible for me to, because of, I had all these different feelings with my past, like, um, habits and, um, that were going into the matching process, like expectations, not, 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 um, happening or fantasies that were not happening. Oh, I thought my process was going to be this other way that I envisioned in my fantasies and it's not happening like that. And why do I have those feelings? Like, who do I talk to about those feelings? How do I, how do I navigate through that, digest all of that? And, and um, I needed to hear that those feelings were not wrong. They're not good or bad. They're just feelings and they just needed to be understood. And I need to understand that they were been uh, understood. Kind of like a paradox, but, but, um, that was, I think, the best advice that I, that I, that freed me, that freed me. Yeah. Not to be a slave to feelings is a fantastic, like a lot of people try to deny their feelings because they like they're wrong or they just follow their feelings because they must be right. Instead, just understanding them is a much happier. Where are they coming from? Where did this feeling just come from? Is it a concept? Exactly. Is it a reaction? Yeah. That's sound advice uh any bad advice <laughs> oh bad advice is um um doesn't have to uh, be from uncle john don't worry no <laughs> no this, this is this is what i heard from my my uh peers and co-workers um other people like like oh it's a it's a candy shop for guys now in our movement in the matching process there's a there's whatever type of, of girl you want or 
uh, attractive, unattractive, whatever you want is out there because there's a lot more ga- girls than guys. Mm. And pick and choose. You have your choice, yeah. something like that. I'm like, that's that's messed up. <laughs> Thank mm. you. Yeah, that's very clear. Araceli san. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I remember someone told me, and I don't know if this is necessarily bad or good, um, but it's a very interesting take that someone told me um, that the matching process and the blessing, it's not restoration. Because we are, as you were saying, this is a process that is new, right? And this is not something that should feel like you should suffer in order to go through it, in order to, you know, be good or something like that. This person told me it shouldn't f- be restoration because this is an original part of, of our, the process of humans, you know, the life of human beings in, in, in a way. Um, for me, that was very interesting because I did have that perception perception that um, the more you know struggle, the more you restore, you know, the better, right? And and it doesn't have to be that way. It, it doesn't mean that everything is light and it's easy, right? You, you definitely have to work for it. You definitely have to fight for it, as we we're saying. But understanding that this is the first time that this is happening in this history of the world, of humanity, of, of God even. Because uh, God didn't get to do this with Adam and Eve, right? He's getting to do it with us, right? So it is very new. It just having that awareness that this is a very new process um it's important because just it just puts you in a position where you understand that not everything that happens it's coming from a ill intent kind of motive right it's not ill-intentioned but it's just out of ignorance or or fears or just not knowing right in a sense and and just trying to to really do everything by the book and and trying to uh get to the blessing right people in in in, with that pressure in mind maybe make some mistakes or or give you bad advice or or advice that doesn't apply to you so just having that in mind helped me uh, just perceiving the process in a different way um, where I can understand that it might take effort, it might take work, but but it's also a, a beautiful experience that we're getting to 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 you know go through um, for the first time. Our parents, our communities, and, and God together with us, and so we can't expect our parents or our elder you know mentors to know everything because it's mm. new. And so yeah, yeah, that's that's one advice. It's a great point. And it's it's one that needs to be understood is that I think also I hear the, the both kind of extremes. One is like everything's restoration, so suffering is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and other people is like, no, it's channel yeah. cook, so everything should be nice and fluffy and fun. And I think both are really <laughs> kind of destructive uh, because anyway, the a much better way to look at it and the way that Hainun does it with the North Star goal is when you are clear about what you want, issues will arise and your limitations will arise and you'll have to restore whatever limitations you have in order to overcome and experience the victory. So 
there will be restoration regardless yeah. because we're still fixing ourselves and fixing this world, right? So it's unavoidable, but it's not the focus. The focus is on building something that works, right? And that has to be the priority, yeah. not restoration. Because some people think that suffering is the point. And so mission accomplished. They just yeah. create a life of suffering. Good job. <laughs> I hear you. So any, any particularly bad advice that had you followed it, uh, would have been a disaster or made your life more difficult than it needed to be because you followed it. Well, I think, I think that was the bad advice actually <laughs> in my case, uh, cause had I taken it, you know, to the extreme, it shouldn't be restoration, right? It would have been like, uh, I would have judge or, or my criteria for my matching process would have been oh this doesn't feel good so yeah. it's not right you know? so um so that was the the let's say bad advice <laughs> um i think as for good advice something that i guess it was very prevalent in my matching process with, with david was um being empathetic um and and with that having the courage to confront <laughs> certain things because what happens is that in this era of you know communication you know we think that you know if this person haven't hasn't answered in the next you know 20 minutes then he doesn't care about you <laughs> basically <laughs> uh he's ignoring you and you should yeah. be better you are better off without without this person right um and and so being empathetic to you know really putting yourself in the position of this other person thinking you know he might be busy <laughs> it's not against you right he might be busy there's there's so many other things that could be happening so just mm -hmm. having the courage to say okay what is happening actually the curiosity like to, un to try to understand what is going on is is there something actually going on or is this just my mind and my anxiety, right? Uh, making scenarios in my mind. So just having that uh, empathy towards the other person um, and, and really seeing this person as my brother. That was the main thing for me, trying to um, view David as my brother and, and understanding that the way that I was feeling so anxious and, and worried, he probably was feeling as well, right? So just having that consideration towards him as well and 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 yeah you know help both of us find our happiness you know either through each other in a couple as a couple or you know just brother and si and, and sister if the matching process hadn't worked with us right so the empathy and, and the perspective of of this is my brother that i'm talking to for context um when I was having some episodes of mis uh, not communication, it would be like two weeks, two days to a week that I couldn't get, that I wouldn't text her back because I was, I was going through self-doubt and all these, these uh, things in the, in the matching process. So then, so just put in, into context that extreme. Yeah, that's, that's really quite helpful. You're learning about how to communicate and how often and all that. That's, that's really sound. Yeah, thank you guys. I think this is really helpful. And to be honest, completely transparent, I think yeah. 
for sure. The value of this recording superseded the recording, recording that never was. I think we got, we dug in deeper <laughs> and we got, we got further. So I appreciate your patience yes. and your grace. Um, and thank you all. Can, can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Because we have a lot, we have a lot of people in our world that are honestly terrified of, of the matching process because they feel ill-equipped or their feelings have a hold on them. Like you were saying, David, they haven't, they haven't understood their feelings. They just have this strong feeling of inadequacy. It's actually that whole candy shop thing, David, is uh, the reason why, in my perspective, that there's usually double the amount of sisters and brothers at most blessing, like in terms of eligibility, is because of the self-doubt in the guys. Mm. They doubt their ability to rise up like you were asked to. So... Um, can people reach out if they have any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Well, send your emails or numbers. Yeah, we can put them in the show notes. I just I want everybody to hear that you are welcome to their questions because it's an invitation to connect. Yes. And there are a lot of questions out yes. there for sure. Yeah, thank you guys. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm going to send this to, actually, I was in, I was in an airport yesterday and I ended up having a deep conversation with John Lowen in like in a public oh, yeah. square. <laughs> and so he's like, please send me more stuff. So he's going to listen to this. The Lowens will hear this. So do you want to say hi to them? And yeah. do you have any words for the people that helped you so much find each other? Just want to say I'm super grateful. And yeah. hi, John and Sandra. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to say, yeah, I'm extremely grateful and, and, and uh, I'm just, yeah. Looking back, I don't know how everything happened. It was just, it's just, ah. Uh, God. Yeah, I, I, not, not, I can't really explain. Maybe you can. <laughs> you can <laughs> yeah, first, we are very grateful. Yeah, I really appreciate their, their willingness to, to support it us and to be part of our process and to really uh, mediate sometimes they needed exactly. to really talk uh, in our behalf and that was really amazing and really appreciate that and and then just up we love you yes well thank you guys we so you. much thank you <laughs> uh, thank you yeah thank everybody you. you have an invitation <laughs> yeah. to reach out and we will end this because I don't know how because I'm Canadian or I was born in Canada we don't know how to end conversations so I'm just going to press <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs>